we're doing a podcast right now. It's Sipping Something Podcast, episode one with Captain. One. Captain. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. You're big time. You are big time. Captain Jason Broadbent. Not today. Engine four. You Not are. today. You are. You are. So, have you ever been on a podcast before? Nope. That's awesome, because I've never done one before. Nice. So, that's freaking, we have a lot to learn. A lot so to this, talk about. this could be done like two or three times before we get it right? No, we're just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like, that's how we do it in the fire service too, so it's good. Uh, some people, yeah. It's, yeah. The smart, it's the smart way to do it. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about, oh, by the way, we're sipping on Old Forester 1920 today. That's good stuff. It is. We'll see how good the conversation gets and is, how smooth um, it goes down. Are bad words allowed on this podcast? Um, or do we try to try to keep it clean? You, you can do as you wish. Okay. I'm probably not going to curse because I don't want my mother to. <laughs> I don't want your mom to be mad at me either. She won't be, but she might be the only listener. So I'm going to refrain from nice. probably saying much unless you make me real mad or something. Oh, I'm not going to make so you we'll mad. See, we'll see what happens. Your there, computer but... tried to do that and it didn't get it done. Oh, it was close. So I want to talk fire department stuff with you. And one of the reasons... So, like, I've always liked podcasts, and one of the reasons that I decided to start a podcast is because I have so many cool conversations with people um, from all aspects of life, I guess. And so, some of the conversations that I love is with people in the, in the fire service just talking around the table about stories of the past, present, future of the fire service, and just, it's I guess the reason I wanted you to come on is because, one, I get to have these conversations with you every other morning at work anyway, since we work at the same station. And just, like, you are quite possibly the most respected captain on the job. Thank you. I appreciate Topeka. that. So, and... and Some so, people don't like me, though. It's all right. But, oh, man, we're going to kick it off like this, because I'm about to say, I almost said something that they aren't listening those oh. kind of people. But like if you look at the people that don't like you. Yep. I'm assuming it's a pretty across the board it's the people that aren't well respected in the fire service anyways. I would say the the people that are more respected in the fire service do appreciate you and your leadership and how you operate as a captain. Yeah, and I would also add that the majority of the people that may not like me have never worked a day with me in their life. Yeah. So they really, truly, their opinion might be that we might disagree on some off-the-wall union topic or they don't like the fact that I train. You know, it's whatever. But right. they've never really worked with me, so they don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, speaking of training, uh, we'll come back to that. I want to know, first of all, why we're going to try to keep it like a pretty super basic interview, I guess. Like, what got you into the fire service? When did that happen? Did you... Did you have kind of the childhood, I always wanted to be a firefighter no. type of deal, or, or what happened, I guess, with for you? Honestly, I went to Washburn. I got a degree from Washburn in 95 to be a cop. Um, that's what I had set out 95. to do. 95. Do you know when I was born? Probably like 93. Five. <laughs> so this is the way we're starting. To oh, great. Out. This is going to be awesome. I'm no, excited. It's all good. It's all good. Um, so went to Washburn, got my 
criminal justice degree, was going to be a cop, finished that up, um, went through the hiring process with Topeka, uh, had somebody trying to help me through that process, and they said, you know, I didn't have any experience, so right. just wasn't going to get hired at that time. Saw in concrete as my part-time job, and there was a small town outside of Topeka that was hiring, but they were paying like seven or eight bucks an hour. And I thought to myself, do I really want to carry a gun and have people want to try to shoot me for seven or eight bucks an hour? Yeah. I was making more than that saw in concrete, and I was like, not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do it. Um, got a job with the railroad. I was dating a girl at the time, and her uncle was on the fire department. And so he told me, forget the police department, come do the fire thing. In that meantime, I got a job with Union Pacific, and we were working in North Platte, Nebraska, and I hated it. We were living out of a hotel. I despised it. I had an uncle that helped me get on. So I started the process of what do I need to do to get on to the fire department. Um, Took the test. You know, you hear about this. When I took the test at Washburn, and I probably took it in probably... 95 there was like seven or eight hundred people taking the test at that time and i got hired in a group of five so i i got really lucky wow um came back here did my thing it took me about 14 months to get on from the time the process started so it was all based off of uh a guy that was on the job and he just talked me into it yeah so it was a quick transition Oh yeah, from police to fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you got on, it was it was essentially just a job for you at that point. Like, did you? I yeah, mean, you obviously wanted some sort of public public service, maybe. I did, and I loved it. I mean, I can remember the day I got the call from the chief that I got hired. I mean, I was by myself in the house. It was like seven thirty in the morning, and I was happy. I was crying. I was so happy. Oh man. I mean, it's just one of those things where. You know, I was 24 years old and I was like, oh, this is it. This is right. So I've loved the job from day one. But that love has obviously grown in my. The the love I have for just or the passion that I have for the fire department and the job has just grown tremendously. But I've always yeah. been I've been into the job, but right. not near as much now like I am as a captain. So. Yeah. So. And that's what's. You mentioned remember wearing where you were and stuff. Like I can tell you, I was at the roundabout at Forty Sixth and Rochester when Jennifer called me, and I I had this conversation the other day because we were talking about like if you get fired from this job, because like it it blows my mind, saddens me to see somebody get fired because I remember that phone call and like the relief that it brought me in the way of like how much I knew my life was about to change and like my dream was being fulfilled and all that good stuff. And I can only imagine if anybody had half that passion and then loses it. Yeah. Like, but I think that is frightening. I think if you are getting fired from this job, you may not have the passion at that time. That doesn't mean that you can't get that passion back. Totally. But I obviously there's something going on that you're not taking it serious enough that maybe it's just the timing just isn't right. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. So it changed over the course of years as far as your passion growing, 
and all that. And like I said, like you have a huge reputation for training and kind of, I would say leadership within the fire department. Um, you're at, obviously I would like to say the best house in the city. Oh yeah. Um, on a super busy engine, get lots of fire and you always find time to train. You're always leap. You're, um, I guess the way you go about, <clears throat> excuse me, being a leader is impressive to everybody because you delete any, any option of somebody to be like, I don't want to train. Cause what if we catch a call or I can't work out on duty? Cause what if we catch a call and then yeah. I'm not worth the crap on the call, which I would say, and I think you would probably agree that those are nonsense excuses. Yeah. And I love that you are able to, without arguing it, just by essentially leading and how you operate your crew are able to kind of shut any of those excuses up from anybody that wants to say them. Yeah, I think obviously I've been very fortunate and maybe it's because of the respect that I've, I've earned over the years that, you know, my crews have always bought into what I'm selling when it comes to training, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I think one thing that people get wrong is they think that we train like eight hours a day. That's not the case. Right. You know, my philosophy on training is, is whatever we want to try to get accomplished, if we can get it accomplished in 15 minutes or two hours, that's good enough for me. Whatever that goal is, whatever it is, doesn't matter the topic. As long as we, you know, we get done what we want to get done, then we're good. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that just because we train that, oh, engine four C shift, you know, they train all day long. And believe me, there are days where some days it's long. Mm -hmm. And I know that, and I, you know, try to treat my guys to dinner, ice cream, whatever it is, just to say thanks for working their tails off. Right. Because some days you have to work that way. Um, other days, you know, maybe it's just a chill day. So. Yeah. And well, and you're doing it with them. Yeah. And that's, that's the key though. Um, I can tell you what I know. I can, we can watch YouTube videos and I can talk all day long. But my true belief is that if I show you, what I'm trying to teach you, mm -hmm. you're going to buy in because you're like, okay, well, he's actually doing it. It's right. not just lip service. It's this guy is actually trying to make me a better firefighter by showing me what it is instead of talking. I can, we can all talk all day long about what we know. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I would say like an, an analogy for that is you, you're at the front pole in the carriage rather than being in the back cracking the whip. Absolutely. And I would never ask my guys to do something that I'm not willing to do. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say that in the fire service. Right. I truly believe it. You know, every day, even at 25 years still on the job, I'm cleaning toilets, sweeping floors. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not above that. That's our house, our house right. for that day. So we, I have to act like that. Yeah. So was there, can you look back at a time where that kind of, I guess, has your whole career been like that? When you were a firefighter, were you a big go-getter or did you have, obviously I'm sure you could say there was ups and downs of your career, but like, yes, it was there a point where you were kind of, uh, not at all like that. And then there's a giant switch flipped. I would say I've always been a go-getter, but it definitely has grown over the years. I was very, I was fortunate. I was a firefighter for six years. I was a driver for three and a half. And so then I made Lieutenant about 10 years into my career and I was Lieutenant for 10 years. So I loved driving. Mm -hmm. I truly did love it, but I also loved that I only did it for three and a half years. Yeah. You know, because 
those are your prime firefighting careers. You're in your, your strongest part of your physical life is when you're in your, you know, upper twenties, lower thirties, mid thirties, mm -hmm. you know, your brain, you're all there. But so I've been, I've been lucky in that regard, but the passion or the drive just has gotten bigger as I've gone on. And I think a lot of that comes with more responsibility. You know, I tell guys all the time, you know, as a firefighter, the only thing you have to worry about today is just jumping off that truck, going to the back and dragging line as fast as you can and going in the house and just putting fire out. Yeah. Best That's part it. of the job. That's it. Best job in the world. Exactly. You move to a driver, which you're going to transition to. Now your responsibility grows. And now I have to make sure that I get my guys there safe. Mm -hmm. Then you step over to the right side of the vehicle. And now your responsibility has changed because now I got to make sure that Caleb gets home to his family. Right. A lot of guys don't take that serious enough. Yeah. You know, that really truly is the thing that I think about. I've got a lieutenant, a driver, and a firefighter that I got to make sure is safe at all times. Yeah. So. Um, so were you, did you bounce around a lot or were you, did you spend a lot of time? At so I've been, I've been lucky there too. So when we came on for the first two years, you moved every six months. So I was at engine six for six months, truck three for six months, engine eight for six months. And then I finished my rookie rotation on aerial five, got done with my rookie rotation. And I knew I was going to transfer and I had a really good crew. I put in a transfer request. That was my first transfer request, and I've only put in one other, and that's to get to engine four. Mm -hmm. I put it in because I wanted to stay on aerial five. Well, I, that didn't happen, and I got sent to fours. Darn it. That's, <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> that's where my passion changed. I loved the job. I truly did. I, I was that young guy that was always wearing fire department t-shirts, mm -hmm. got the tattoo, did all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I loved it. Yeah. I may have loved it for different reasons. You know, I love saying I was a firefighter back then and right. I still do, but yeah. different reasons. Totally. Um, but then I got lucky enough to go to fours as a rookie and I finished my last, what, three and a half years there, four years there. That's good. Oh, it was good. That's solid. And I had some good crews. Yeah. Good crews. Four, what's so cool about fours is that it's not just that they get a lot of fire, but the fact I'm, of course, I geek out on like the history. And I, I've told you before in the mornings how much I like the old school tradition of fire service. Yeah. So, like, I will all, I almost always take the pole just because I look back at like old videos and pictures of like FDNY dudes or, like back in the day that are riding on the tailboard. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I would kill to be able to do that. Yeah. And historically they take away everything. That's fun. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just but like a lot of it's because of us though. Yeah. But like fire poles aren't a big thing anymore. No, I mean, we're the last station in our city. Really? The only, and the only place they still use them is big cities where they don't have the option of growing out. They have to go up. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. why they use them. So big cities are still going to use them just because land is such a premium. Right. I still think I love walking into fours and seeing the poles. Yeah. I love when we give a tour and I get a slide down the pole for the kids. I love it. Right. I truly do. That's one of the greatest things about that house yep. is, you know, you have history sitting right there with mm -hmm. it. Think about all of the guys in the history of our job that have slid down those poles. I think about that almost every it's, time. It's pretty cool. 
And that's just it. Same exact polls. Yep. And yes. 20 years from now, people are going to wish that they could. Man, how yep. cool would it have been to go down the pole? Just like yep. I say, when how cool would it be to ride the tailboards? Yep. So that's why I anything that I see that's like that, and obviously that's kind of the biggest one I can think of. Yeah. But like I try really hard to take advantage of it. Definitely uh, at two o'clock in the morning, when a certain address comes out that's, you know, a frequent for something that I don't necessarily think, or nobody really necessarily thinks it's an emergency. Yeah. Um, I don't normally do that, but just about any other time I'm, I'm going down that thing. So I use it, I use it every night. And the re- real reason why I use it is because it wakes you up. Cause mm-hmm. if you're not awake by the time you hit the floor downstairs, <laughs> you're probably not going to wake up, but that that's a quick, a quick transition. So when I was a rookie, we used to keep our bunk pants in the bedroom. So when you got done with the call, you wore your bunker gear upstairs. Right. Well, if you caught a fire, obviously your bunker gear's wet. You do not want to slide down those poles with wet gear. That's no. like 9,000 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You better hold <laughs> on. It's fast. So We had Cody Freeze yesterday uh, on the back, and a f- structure fire came out at like midnight or 1.00 on Boswell and I remember this was the first time this has happened to me since being at fours but I woke up I was laying there I wish I could have seen a video of this but I had my hands behind my head and my eyes were wide open and I was just staring at Cody and I was just listening like I think I was still asleep with my eyes open and he's like uh you gonna get up like just structure fired he's just staring at me like dude and finally it clicks and I'm like oh here we go (laughs) But I was literally like so out of it, and I don't even remember getting downstairs. Yeah. So like I- <laughs> for me, that's always the first two hours I fall asleep. If it if we get a call in that first two hours, that's usually when things are a little bit foggy. Yeah. So <laughs> now I will say the structure fire part of it usually wakes me up in a different way. But I will tell you that last fire we had on Polk, um, now that was at five forty in the morning. We'd been up all night, had a call at three. I got back into bed about four, four thirty. So I was, I was out of it. I don't remember sliding the pole. I honestly don't remember giving my size up. There was a lot of things that I just felt like I was in a fog. So yes, okay. So I guess that opens up a topic of discussion. So you know, there's science behind. I think like some stations or departments have like the lights yeah. slowly come on or the tones don't drop super loud because yep. of, uh, obviously it's not real great to go from dead sleep to full adrenaline or whatever. Yeah. So I guess like, uh, I don't know what I was going to ask you actually on that, but well, like we're, I mean, that's a, that's frightening that you can have a situation where, cause I went and got in the ambulance one time when I was working at EMS, I got in the ambulance and had it started and ready to leave and went and woke my partner up to ask if he was going to come on this call. And we, I found out we never even were paged. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's terrifying. Oh yeah. (laughs) And of course I have a history of like sleep talking, sleepwalking anyways. So it's a matter of time before something wild happens. It'll happen eventually. One of my favorite stories I tell guys is I was on engine five driving. We got a call at like, 
let's say 12 31 o'clock in the morning it had to be around there because it ended up being a a drunk uh guy wrecked his truck so i take out of fives and i head west on 21st street and my lieutenant uh chad baldwin at the time he's in the back he's like hey bud where are you going so i'm going to the va he said, that's great but our call is at 29th in kansas <laughs> so <laughs> that's nuts flip to you in the middle of the street we still beat the aerial there that's awesome that's awesome. That doesn't take much, but right. Do you? So everybody always wants to know. Like the famous question is, "What's the worst thing you've ever seen?" Right. That's what everybody. Like, I've only been. That's in, an easy answer for me. Yeah, and the, so, and if you want to go into that, you can. But I'd rather know. Like, do you have any calls that stick with you? That because we all know there's calls that stick with you, like you laying in bed or whatever, and you're like, "Oh man," and those suck. And I don't wish it on anybody, whatever. But, like, is there calls that ever, like, I'm trying to think how, how to explain it. So, like, there's spots where I drive by or houses that I drive by that I immediately remember. Yeah. Like, gosh, dang, I wish I wouldn't have had to been there. Because um, something terrible happened and whatever. And it was somebody's worst day ever. Um, but do you have any calls that stick in your head in the same way that were, like, a win? Or... Or good because nobody it doesn't seem like very many every once in a while you'll hear about people that are like oh yeah you know like i'm trying to think of a, a good cause like a code save or yeah. uh a, a field delivery yeah oh so that one hilarious one of my very first calls at sixes we got sent on an ob emergency walk through the door and she's sitting there's a staircase right in the middle of this house in oakland and she's sitting on like the second step. And as we walk in the door, the baby comes flying out. And so the baby's laying there. I'm this 24-year-old kid that has no idea what's going on. I'm just like, this is blowing my mind. Right, yeah. You know, never even had seen anything like that. And here she is. You didn't is. even know where babies came from yet at 24. Well, <laughs> a little. A stork. I knew a stork brought them. Oh, okay. So... The baby's laying there on the floor. Her mom's with her. And I look up the stairs and at the top of the stairs, there's six little heads peeking around the corner watching this. And it was just like, this is, this just got real. Right. You know, this was like my, one of my very first medical calls. And I walk into this situation. It just was incredible. So now going back to your question, for me, the worst thing is not necessarily a call that involved blood and guts or gore. To me, the worst thing that we see on a regular basis is how people live. Oh yeah. It's Especially in our part of the city. It, it is. And for me, it's not so much if, if Joe and Mary want to live like that, that's fine. But when Joe and Mary have four kids and they're living in that filth, that's the worst thing that I think we see. Yeah. Cause those kids are innocent. They don't, they don't have a choice. They're just living in it. So it's, it's wild because and it sucks to see because there is a, there are solutions. Oh like, yeah. Like there's so many there's so many um, avenues maybe or resources for people. So I've been on like foreign mission trips where they genuinely have. I mean there's there's nothing that can help them. There's no rescue mission in a third world, third world country or whatever. Like there's nothing like that that can help you kind of get back on your feet, turn your life around. Like they are just hopeless and. Obviously, like me being like a man of faith or whatever, <clears throat> these mission trips I go on are are uh, 
faith-based mission trips. And so what's cool is most of the time when we're going on one of these, it's to assist people who are Christians or are strong in their faith down there. And like, you'll go down there and a kid will be playing with a stick and it will look like the happiest kid in the world. Like he just found, he got the best toy for Christmas because you gave a stick to him and adults, all they want to do is serve you. And they're all like, like, where do you get this joy? And the only answer they can give you is I get this joy from Jesus. Cause yeah. nothing I have, nothing we right. have can bring us joy. Look at how we're, but then when we see it like so close to home, it sucks because there is a way out of a yeah. lot of those situations. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying, no, it's definitely not easy. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and be like, get a job. I'm not that guy. Because right. it's not that freaking simple to just walk into a place and be like, I need a job. Well, like you have, there are th- prerequisites. Yeah. And when I was young, I probably would have been that guy that would have just said, go get a job. Yep, me too. But totally. now the older I get, a lot of this comes from my wife teaching me these things over time. But, you know, it's a lot of these kids and I'll use the kids for the example, if they grow up in that environment and that's the only environment that they know, they just don't know any better. That's the scary thing too. That's so, yeah, I can tell you to go get a job, but what, what they've seen in their life is not that right. It's not, Hey, just go get a job. It's, you know, this is how we live. Yeah. So that's now let's go back to your question again. One that sticks out in my mind. So it was arguably one of my worst days to start, and then it ended being one of my best. Halloween, and I think it was 99. And the only reason why I think it was 99 is because I started dating my wife that year. And so I was working a sub-in for a buddy of mine, Joe Simpson, on Engine 3 that day. Okay. Signed up to work for him. He wanted to be off on Halloween to be with his daughter. Well, that day came, and I completely forgot that I was supposed to be at work. So... I'm solid. late. Yeah, solid. Real solid start. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the chief on duty that day, the captain on duty that day, and then the chief on duty that day, I got rode up. I deserved it. I was late. Just completely forgot. Um, so it started off like crap. Got better. Things got better that day. I got along real good with the captain at the time. Obviously got along with the chief. Well, that night we got sent on a structure fire. Signal 8. You're young, so you may not know what Signal 8 yeah, means. Yeah, I was going to say, explain that to people there. Signal 8, when I came on, we used uh, 10 codes and signals. <clears throat> so Signal 8, when I came on, was that's somebody trapped. So we get to this house, and it was over. I'm going to ballpark it that it was somewhere over in, like, the L Streets east of California, or uh, east of Adams or Branner. Okay. Somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, get there. She's cooking. She is going. We're first on scene. Uh, I pull the line and I'm, I'm headed straight for the front door and I'm just going to start putting water on it. And my captain's like, he yells at me, don't do that. Don't do that. Get to the side and push, you know, hit the fire from the side so that we don't push it inside the house. Okay. So I did it. This thing was cooking so good that when we made, when we got to the front porch to get to the front door, all the boards were burnt off the front porch. So it had been going. Right. So we make it inside. And I mean, there is fire everywhere inside this house. I've got the nozzle going left. I've got the nozzle going right. There's a room right inside the front door to the right. We get into that room, put it out. 
as we're putting that out, the fire behind us is kicking back up. So now we turn around and we go back to this room. Now throw on top of it. She's a hoarder. Right. So we've got, there's nowhere to go inside this house that you're not climbing over stuff. There is stuff everywhere. So I remember going out the front door and hollering that we need more help uh, inside. Yeah. So then I go back to my captain and we're crawling. We're crawling over stuff. And finally we get back to the kitchen and we find her and she's in the kitchen in the very back of the house. And as we're going, all this debris is falling into our path. Fire still going everywhere. So we're putting fire out behind us. Well, we get back to the back and she's got a fridge blocking the back door. There's stuff stacked overall. So there was no way for her to get out. She went to the one place she could find refuge and she was laying on the kitchen floor. We start moving stuff, getting the back door open. <clears throat> I had gone back to the front door and told them, you got to get somebody to the back so that we can get her out the back because we knew we couldn't drag her through. Yeah. Finally got the back door open, got her out. Get her out to the front yard. I start doing CPR. So here I was on fire attack like two minutes ago. Now I've drug her out of this house with the help of, God, it had to be probably engine five and aerial five, truck three. Um, at that time, we just sent three engines and one truck, or maybe it was two engines and one truck to calls to structure fires. Rip, can I yeah. pause your story? Yeah. I'm not saying people are going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Probably but, not. But let's say my mom is. Yeah. And I think I've explained it to her, so that's a bad example. But what is the difference between a truck and an engine? So an engine car the easiest, easiest way, an engine carries water in Topeka, an engine carries water, and the truck basically carries every other thing that we're going to need on that scene to do whatever work. A truck is going to go in and do primary search, uh, ventilation. They're going to do everything except for putting water on the fire. Except be firefighters. Nah, I'm not going <laughs> to. That's not this podcast. We'll save that one for, maybe I'll do another one with you. <laughs> And we'll go straight engine versus truck. Yeah, and there's about to be a transfer come out, and I'm probably going to be put on a truck, and I'm going to regret will be. all of this. <laughs> you probably will be. I've been on an engine the majority of my career. Obviously, Aerial 5 and Truck 3. Truck 3, what a great experience that was. My second six months on the job, we had fire all the time. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. I mean, that's all we were doing was putting out fire. And Truck 3 has got arguably the biggest territory in the city. Right. And they get everywhere fast. So yeah. it was fun. I can't, I don't remember who it was. It was obviously a freaking engineer somewhere. But he was talking about truckers versus engineers. And one of the things, for those listening, one of the things that people on a truck company do is ventilate. And sometimes that involves cutting a hole in the roof to allow heat Not and smoke to, to get out. And this engineer I was talking to said the real reason that truckers cut holes in roofs is so they can look down and see the real firefighters <laughs> going to work. He said it, not me. <laughs> wow, that's really no, nice. All of my truckers know I give them grief. We'll keep it clean for your mom. I, appreciate I give that. them grief all the time. But I know for a fact that we can't do our job without with it, without them and what they do. No, totally. Now, they also cannot do their job without a good engine company in place, you know, with a good line in place fighting that fire. Yep. So it goes without saying, but 
it's all for me it's always going to be engine versus truck and it's always going to be engine oh yeah that that's just me that yep. that's the way i am and it's just made lieutenant went to truck nine and it was so funny like the first 12 months i was on truck nine i think we had 12 or 13 working fires in that 12 months Oof, that's awesome. i mean we were busy yeah but the engine the engine lieutenant would get mad at me because he would say, get your hands off my hose. Ugh. Stop. And I would always forget that, oh, my God, I got I to gotta do search. Right. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. I would just keep getting right to that hose line and wanting to go put stuff out. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I de- we definitely just went like freaking five minutes away from your story. Oh, that's all right. And I don't remember where you were. CPR. You knew where you were. Oh, that's yeah. nice. So oh, yeah. Uh, that's why I said it's the... It's one of those calls that stands out in my career. I've had a lot. That's, we'll get, I know you're going to have a question later. We'll get to it. So on fire attack, whoever met us at the back door, I can remember a few faces uh, and names, but I don't necessarily remember what company they were on. So we get her out the back door. We carry her around to the front yard, start doing CPR on her. So what stands out to me is that here I was on fire attack just a few minutes prior, and now I'm doing CPR on this lady, and she didn't end up making it. Turned out to be an arson fire. Some kids lit the porch on fire. They caught them. They put them away. But it's just one of those for me that just stands out that, man, we worked our tails off to get to this lady. We got her out. We did everything we could. I mean, fire attack, got her out, CPR, all in the same same call outcome wasn't what we wanted, but we know that's not, it's just not realistic to know if you're in that environment, she died of smoke inhalation, probably long. I think she lived for maybe two or three days in the hospital, but that was on machines. So but it's just one of those that sticks out. Yeah. I remember somebody talking, it might've been on that, the, that documentary about the rescue companies at FDNY. And one of the guys was talking about, you can, there are certain calls where you do everything right, textbook, experience, everything adds together in a perfect storm, and you still don't have a what would what could people consider a successful outcome? What what they consider a win? Yep, totally. Yeah. yeah, for us, we understand and know the chant. We'll use the most recent one, Maddie Free. I mean, and we'll talk about some of this in a little while, but everything was just right. And he got to that little girl in the right amount of time and got her out. And yeah, everything worked out good. That's a huge win. We, we both know, and everybody knows that those wins are few and far between in our line of work. Totally. Whether, it's, whether it's fire, whether it's car wrecks, whether it's codes. It's just you have to take those wins when you get them. Yeah. Um, gosh darn it, I was going to ask a question and I forgot. Oh, I have no idea. I'm the old one. It's gone. That's why. <laughs> that's why when I said, "Oh, you remembered," I was just happy that dementia oh, you were hasn't shocked. set in yet. You were shocked that the old guy can remember something. Yeah, I it like was it. gone. I my brain. Poof. That's like when I told you I was trying to mess with this computer earlier. My, which is hilarious because I'm trying to figure out this podcast thing by myself. And yeah, I would say, I hear you just get on Amazon and you just start buying stuff. Not on purpose. <laughs> no, no, that's... <laughs> hold on. So somebody else was clicking the buttons for you? I No, no, no. I, it was my fault. <laughs> I'm just saying I didn't mean to do it. But 
But uh, look at me again. I don't know. That's two within like two minutes. That's not good. Oh, oh, I was going to equate my freaking, my technology skills, especially considering the generation that I was brought up in. Yeah, because you should be all technology. Yeah, and I, I can maybe get my dad. So my dad just recently got a smartphone, and he was pretty upset about the, the ordeal. It was a he bad wanted to traumatic his, experience. He wanted to keep his flip phone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I can kind of help him limp through some of that. But when it comes to anything on a computer other than, like, getting on Facebook, I'm, like, pretty similar to, like, a baby giraffe learning how to walk. Except I never succeed. Like, a baby giraffe eventually, like, oh. They'll figure it out. Yeah, nah. I've been trying for years, and it's not going great. So, if you're not, now let's change that. If you're technologically challenged, what made you think, I'm going to do a podcast? Uh, Okay, so... <laughs> I first of all, I love podcasts. Oh, I do too. You can ask. So Shane, this drives him nuts. We'll be in the firehouse, and towards the end of the day, we'll kind of if we're not like in the same room, he'll always hear me giggling. And for those of you that don't know, I'm pretty. I've got quite the laugh. <laughs> it's not. I'm not proud of it, but I will never judge somebody for their laugh because you know if they have a bad laugh, it's genuine. I have a. Do you know Kim Barr? No. Uh, yeah. Great. Greg, yeah, Greg. So her, his daughter. He okay. was my lieutenant for a long time, or for quite a while on Engine Four. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Kim's incredible. I worked EMS with her in, in Manhattan. Kim has one of the wildest laughs ever. <laughs> Walks into a room and she turns heads for sure. Okay, and I will never judge her for that because I know that her laugh is genuine. So like, if I can get somebody like Kim to laugh, or somebody that has a laugh like mine to laugh. I'm super happy because I'm like, that's real. They're not faking that. So that that's why I don't talk crap on, on bad laughs. But um, you don't have any control over what your laugh is. No, no, it's true. You're born with that. You ever, you can, you can call out a fake laugh. You ever seen that? Oh, like, man, that joke didn't go well. They just were trying to make oh, me Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I, senior guys can do that easily because you might say something that you think's funny and a young guy laughs and you're just like, no, that wasn't that funny. Yeah, he's trying to no. win brownie points. Yeah, you're... Um, Where was I nah, I don't know. Come on. This is your story. You should have really... You got to bookmark these things. Kim Barr? Before that. Before I went on the laugh tangent, I was talking about my own laugh. Oh, no, a podcast. How can you be... What made you think... Oh, if Shane. If you're so tech... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so go. Shane will... I'll be this in is, one room this and This is he, a disaster. It's not good. It's not good. People are already... They're not even hearing this part. It's okay. Shane will always... What the heck are you giggling at? Because I'll just be busting up. And it's always because I'm... Podcast. So it turned into a running joke where any time I'm on my computer, he's like, oh, podcast? Podcast? podcast. <laughs> and so I've always... I have like three or four that I listen to very regularly. What are they? Most of them are. So I would say my favorite is a podcast called Nate Land. Hmm. It's a comedian named Nate Bargetsy. I don't know if you've heard it. No. He's a, one of the funniest humans on earth. Um, and he's like a clean comic, which I think is more impressive. Yeah, he doesn't, absolutely. He's not able to use like filler words. Doesn't go blue too often. Yeah. Or at all. And he's like pretty dry, monotone, and his podcast is the exact same. 
and it's him and two other comics, and they're hysterical. And that's usually the ones I'm laughing at. And then I listen to some, like, um, like I'll listen to Joe Rogan podcast, but I don't, like, I don't listen to every episode. Yeah. If he had, it, it's dependent on the guest. I'll listen to Joe Rogan podcast if I'm interested in the guest. But, like, his podcasts are, like, three, four hours long. Yeah. And it's like, oof, that's right. No, I listen to. Uh, and I like that, the FDNY, getting salty. Oh, yeah, getting salty is good. Um, I listen to my most regular is Dan Patrick show. It's a sports podcast. They do more than just sports, but I love that one. But it's, like, three hours. Yeah. Um, fire stuff for me. That's yep. where I've really started to listen just get some ideas, think about stuff in a different way is just just podcast. Just hearing mm-hmm. guys from across the country that have the same thoughts or feelings that you've got. Or they may not. They may have different viewpoints, and that kind of opens your mind up to other stuff. So. It excites me yeah. a lot of times because sometimes you'll hear these guys talking, and it's, it humbles me because it's like every once in a while I'll feel like I'm, oh, I'm starting to, to those do pretty good as like a I'm, – I'm very freaking green, and I'm like, man, I'm – I think I know how to run a nozzle. And then you hear these guys talk about jobs. Oh, yeah. To, and you're like, oh, I, I love listening nothing. to the New York guys, especially. I know we've talked about this at Shift Change. Some of the old guys. And when we say old, I'm talking like the guys that were in the late 70s. They call it the war years in New York City. Um. I mean, like three and four working fires a day. Yeah. And they're fighting it with a two and a half. It's insane. That's also incredible. That's gangsters. That's my, I have about four and a half years left of this job for me. That's my plan. I want to go interior with a two and a half inch line in my last four years. You know what's, this is what's cool about the fire service. One of the things that's cool. There's people that would hear what you just said that would be like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah. I would never. And then there's other guys that would be like, you mean you don't? You, is that not what you do? You mean you don't? <laughs> yeah, it's insane, dude. You mean you're going to go throw, you're going to bless that fire with water and not take the two and a half? Yeah. yeah. That's what's like to just to see we're all doing the same job. Yeah. But so many, the variety of how the job gets done is huge. Yes, or and that's spread of how different. That's one of the things are. that drives me nuts about the fire service too. Is is that we could put a we could put a YouTube video up on that screen today on your TV, and we could sit here and chop it up, and we could complain and say that they're doing this wrong and that wrong. But the thing that we don't know about is what do they have? What's their resources? What are they trained? What are they taught? So. I don't have any idea what those guys are taught or what their resources are. So why do I want to chop up and say that they're doing this wrong or that wrong? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But we do, we, we're, we're real good at eating our own for lack of a better word. We're, we're, it's a lot easier to criticize and to, and to break somebody down than it is to build them up. So totally. Uh, but to answer your question, essentially I've always had a huge, not always. Ever since I started liking podcasts, I like them more and more, and I spend so much time doing them, <clears throat> listening to them, that I'm like, why not? Yeah. So, and plus, like I said earlier, I have, I have a lot of passions that are from kind of opposite sides of the spectrum on a lot of things. So, like, I get 
I won't jump into something super fast normally. I'm pretty, I would say, analytical. I'm, I'm pretty dumb, but I won't jump into stuff super fast. But when I do, it's like... Full in. Oh, I'm drinking from like a fire hose. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> whether it's fire, jujitsu, fishing, Jesus, like I go all in. Yeah. And in doing that, and plus, obviously, I'm a pretty big extrovert. Like, I, I can't go into Walmart without making a friend. Yeah. Because I don't, it drives me nuts. That's one, one thing I have an issue with. It seems like a lot of people in my age, <clears throat> and I used to kind of do that. You can, if you walk on a sidewalk or in a store and you're walking towards somebody that's like around my age, and I guess it's not just my generation. There's other that are like this too, but. You'll be walking, and as you get closer, they'll pull their phone out just to avoid oh, potential yeah. eye contact, potential conversation. And I'm the opposite. And, like, I'm not real big on believing in, like, awkward situations. Like, I know they're a thing, but they don't bother me at all. Yeah. So I almost like them because I know how uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I have friends that are like, oh, my gosh, that is awkward. And I'm like, oh, that's incredible because I know how much it bothers that person. Which is maybe pretty cruel. So I'm very much an introvert. Yeah. I know a lot of guys and a lot of people that know me don't believe that, but I really am. I'm more of an introvert, but with the job, I'm way more of an extrovert. Really? I will go out of my way to just to try to get involved in more of that stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's just one of those things that I guess it's what I'm comfortable with. Right. So It, dr it drives my friends nuts. Because I, I do know a lot of people. So, like, if I'm in, let's say I'm in a friend group and we're at a restaurant, I'll talk to the waiter, waitress, or just a random person. And either I do know them or I don't. It doesn't really matter because I talk to them about the same. And so yeah. every time they're like, oh, who was that? And if I know them, I say. And if I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I just met them the same no time idea. you did. And they're like, you can't just talk to people like that. I'm like, well, they didn't seem to have an issue with it. Yeah, I want to get to know them. Yeah, which yeah. I understand. I am definitely not everybody's flavor. I come off pretty strong, <laughs> pretty strong, but that's okay. That's yeah. who I am. Whatever. That's this okay. goes back to the early topic. Some people like you, some people don't. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, keep being you. That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the thing, I think. That, I've had a lot of guys in my career, senior guys, Young guys or other people have told me, oh, you're not going to like this guy. You're not going to like that guy. The one thing all of those guys had in common, the one thing, they all wanted you to do your job. If you did your job, never a problem. All these guys that were considered a-holes, that's the word that always gets thrown out. Those guys always had in common, they just wanted you to do your job. If you did your job, never a problem. Yeah. And I feel like that's the way I am. If I want you to do your job, I'm going to teach you. But I just want you to do your job. If what I'm teaching you, if you're not getting it, then things are going to get a little bit rough. Right. But that's just a part of our job. You'd say it's more so, though, if, if you're teaching them and they act like they know it when they don't. I You'd despise say that's worse. that. Yes. Yeah. I would rather... Anybody, and I don't care if you're young or you're old. If you don't know something, and I'm the same way. If I don't know it, I'm going to try to learn it. Right. If you 
if you don't know it, but you tell me you do, and then I see that you don't, that's frustrating. Just tell me you don't know it. We'll, we'll work on it. It may not be something that I'm that great in either. And so we're both going to learn. But if you tell me you know it, and then you show me that you don't, that drives me crazy. Yeah. It's similar to me. <clears throat> and this, I think this is big in the fire service. Because I think, I would say the majority of people that work in fire are similar to people that work in the military or cops and yeah. type a personality. Absolutely. Yep. And so I'm okay with arrogance. I will always say that. So like, for example, Tom Brady, if Tom Brady wants to be arrogant, I'm okay with it. Yeah. He's a really good football player. Apparently yeah. I'm not real big yeah. in football, but I, that's my understanding is he's uh, really good. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> yeah. He's like the Jason Broadbent of football. He, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Tom Brady might be the best, and I know we're in Chiefs country, so that pains people, but yeah, yeah I agree, 100%. So I'm okay with that, and I'm also okay with ignorance because we're all ignorant in way. I, I could talk to you about one of my passions that you know nothing about, and you're ignorant in that. It's cold Absolutely. Hard truth. Absolutely. Just as well as I'm ignorant in a lot, but um, I get frustrated when there's a huge when the two are combined arrogance and ignorance oh, that's a dangerous combination so i, I and love, it's so I love common this, and it i'm seems not like i'm not going to give any names so i i was at an engine company me and my rookie we had a guy shipped in for the day right chirp 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 i know all this i've done that it's two rookies okay okay so first of all it's two rookies you, we, your rookie, and then one other guy. Yeah. Okay. So we go downtown. We go do some drill. I'm working with my rookie because he needs work on a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we go down there. One of my big things, and this is just me, but this is one of those things that I use as a gauge to know if somebody knows what they're talking about. Throwing hose. So if you roll up hose and you throw it, and if you throw it good, I know, okay, this guy's got a chance to do a really good job. Well, we've listened all morning long to what this other rookie was talking, talking junk, talking yeah. this, talking that. I've seen this. I've done that. We get down there, and he, we do our drill. We're rolling hose up, so we throw it out. He throws his hose about 10 feet. And I'm just like, my new rookie, I just look at him, and I say, see, this guy's been talking all morning long <laughs> about what he knows, and now we just see he really don't know that much. Right. Remember, we're keeping this clean. Yeah. Well, this other rookie says, well, I'm a trucker. No, no. You're a firefighter. Yeah. I don't care if you're on an engine or a truck. You're a firefighter. Yeah. You need to know how to do the basics. So that's, see, I told you this was going to go places. We probably didn't want it to go to. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're almost an hour in. And we're, I was just talking about how I can't stand out. <laughs> Joe Rogan talks for like three hours. Um, so, so an hour in, now we start making people mad. Yeah, this is when the exciting stuff started yeah. asking HR questions. In fact, I was hoping we could talk about some um, politics and what, what is your stance <laughs> on should you be vaccinated or not vaccinated? <laughs> no, uh, but okay. 
So seriously. Yeah, how do you feel about uh never mind. So I really truly I <laughs> going back to where we started there, if you tell me you know something, I don't I really honestly don't care what you can tell me. I want you to show me. As right. an old guy, that's that's one of those things. And I try to teach young guys that. You know, we talk to the new I'm on the e board with the union, so one of the things we get to do is we get to talk to the new recruit class and we go in and that's one of the things that I try to tell them all the time. Hey, don't tell me what you know. Show me what you know. Even if you came from another department, nobody cares what department you came from. This is Topeka. This is how we do stuff. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just the way it is. So just just show that you know what you're doing. Totally. You said something earlier about a-holes. And I think that's what – actually, I think we'll probably make our way back to this, so I'm not going to say it yet. What – where do you – where do, like, your – I just said this yesterday or it might have been this morning when I was doing that testing stuff. But I was talking about how some of, like, the coolest, most fun memories are the station stuff. Oh, like without everybody, a doubt. Oh, man. Everybody wants to know about crazy firefighter stories. And I'm like, listen, I can tell you stories all the time. I forget a lot. But if I'm somehow reminded of stories, I'll be like, oh, man, that was a good one. But the stuff in the station, especially oh, yeah. when I have pictures and videos to, like, back up some of what I'm saying, that is some of the best memories because without that's kind of – and I think that's when a lot of, like, your – as weird as that is, it's, that's a lot of where you're, uh, for lack of a better word, the the brotherhood bonding is really built. Like yeah. I think, yeah, you're you're formed and bonded when you're going through rough stuff together, but in the station, that stuff where it's genuinely like uh, brothers, or uh, it kind of reminds me of frat house. As much as I hate to say that. Yeah, I mean, it me too. makes me sick to think about it like that. But everybody, when I try to explain station their life, life, station life, they're like, oh, so it's like a frat house. I'm like, oh, I mean, I wish you wouldn't say it like that, but like there's without maybe the some rich, part. Without the rich kids, yeah. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm not actually going to build on that. Station so. life for me is, as a captain, one of the things that, that I love about it is we eat breakfast and dinner together every day. Mm -hmm. I love the time at the table. It doesn't matter. That's where you're busting chops. That's where you're giving guys grief. That's where you're talking about somebody's family. You're talking about, you know, I got a young guy in my crew right now that just had a baby recently. So you're seeing, you're seeing people, especially as the old guy. Now I'm seeing these young guys grow up. So I love it. We had a stretch at fives. And I think it was like nine or 10 months long, arguably, and this is no disrespect to anybody else that I've been stationed with, including my current crews, because I love them. But this nine or 10 month stretch at fives was incredible. And I had a digital camera and I think we have about 230 pictures of that time together. And it was so much fun. That's awesome. If you were caught now, the cell phone is there, which I love. I love the cell phone. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't there when I was young, but I love the fact that I can snap pictures whenever I want. Right. But that time at fives, I think on my computer, I've got about 220 pictures 
where we're just snapping pictures of fun stuff. And there's, there's funny pictures. There's really funny pictures. <laughs> there's some, some Is really, the, really funny pictures. I was going to say, are the really, really <laughs> funny ones, are those the ones we send it? What does HR feel about? <laughs> HR would not like to see guys taking naps with, with cheeks close to their faces while they're sleeping. Yeah, okay. I think so, I know what you're talking about. There, there. you go. <laughs> but we had a good time. We had a blast. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, station life for me, I mean, obviously the calls, we can talk about, um, you know, you and I went through this, you and I went through that, but those are so few and far between in the big picture that the station life is actually where you make those memories, you make those friendships, you make those bonds with the people that you work with. And I truly look at it as a family. Um, I want the four of us, that's our engine company right now as a crew of four, I want us to be close. Mm -hmm. I want those guys to know if they ever need anything, I don't care what time of day, you can call me. And I'll be there for you, no matter what. I don't care what it is. Uh, so station life is definitely where it's at. Yeah. That's what – and it makes those – without the bonding that happens in the station, I don't know how the – so, like, for example, like let's say you run a, a, a terrible call. The ones that nobody wants to run. The, it's the station life that makes those bearable because you're so close with the people before the call happens or or um, you develop that relationship so well that, like, you know. Oh, yeah. You know that person. Like, if they're struggling, because a lot of guys, they won't say something. No, and that's, but that's, you can read that's our guys. line of work. You know, I'm going to be quiet and I'm not going to tell you when something's bothering me, but I need to know Caleb as a person and I need to know when Caleb is on his game or or not. You yeah. know, maybe something's going on in his personal life and so you do need to know that. We had one of those recently where we had a bad car wreck and we had an infant that ended up passing. That was a hard call. Right. So, and I knew it. I could see it. Now, as my, my job on that scene was to basically oversee the whole thing. We were the first engine there, so we're, I was basically running the show. So I didn't necessarily have the patient contact that my crew did. Well, we struggled with it. I had to recognize that. We had to get them help because it's not normal to see a child in that condition. So, yeah, yeah. you have to know your crew. You have to get to know them. You have to know when they are good and when, hey, maybe I need to, maybe we need to check on this and see what's going on. So, right. And that's what, in fact, I, I try to say that to a lot of people. Um, or one thing I try to say to a lot of people is like, you don't get to pick the ones that mess with you. No. So, like, so I worked in, well, Silver it's different Lake. for everybody. Right. And it's, it's weird because it's the one for me. Obviously, there's ones that you would expect and they do, but like, there's, there's oddballs. So, like, I worked in Silver Lake right after I got in, out of high school, which is where I went to high school. Small community. So I knew almost every every patient that I dealt with, I, I knew most of them. So, like, you, I'd run a, a terrible this or that. Um, and there was calls that I ran that were terrible that would just – that destroyed some people that, for me, at the time – just it didn't seem like it affected me too much, and then I remember the first call that really messed with me was like a 
an elderly woman who had lived a good life, whatever. Uh, she died while taking a bath or whatever. And it was like, for whatever reason, that one just just wrecked me yeah. for like two days. And I was like, why is it this? Why is this one affecting me in this way? But I've seen stuff, uh, what most would assume is a way worse. Oh, yeah. That just at the time didn't seem like it affected me at all. And it's so weird how how that happens in our brain. And, and one thing is like, two is I think that even the ones that don't like affect you to the point of maybe you lose sleep or maybe your appetite's gone or whatever. I think they do imprint in your brain in a way because like, so for example, I ran a wreck one time. This person I knew, they didn't make it. Um, we went through all the critical incident stress stuff. Yep. Never really affected me and still haven't really hasn't like affected me in a, a way of like just being wrecked. But I can tell you the clothes the person was wearing, the weather, what I was wearing, all those things. But I couldn't tell you what you were wearing the last day I saw you. And that was two days ago. Yeah. So like it does, even if it's maybe not affecting you in a way of that you're consciously noting that, Oh my gosh, I'm not feet. This isn't good. There is some sort of, wiring oh yeah happening that's and we're figuring out in the fire service that that trigger could be three or four or five or ten years later so you might not think about that call until ten years down the road and then all of a sudden you run a call that might be similar might not be similar but for whatever reason it triggers back to that call right and so now that's <laughs> why we're dealing with so much of that PTSD so much of the mental side of things that I think as a, in society, I think we're way more aware of all that stuff in general, right. but I think within the fire service, I think we're really starting to see that more of that stuff affects people in different ways. So, right. no, you got to go to your cue card here to try to figure yeah. out what your, put I, your brain back on. I have track a freaking picture. You brought up pictures of the firehouse. I was going to show you this picture. So how long have you been on the job so far? It'll be two years in April. Look at that picture. Let's see, I don't have my glasses, so now you're going to have to make me look at with glasses. Come on, Grandpa. So that, so I have pulled up on my computer right That's now. That's an idiot. It's a picture of me learning. That was the day we did nozzle forward stuff. Yeah. And that was I've got my Captain, eyes closed. Look like I'm stuttering. Captain Broadman screaming at me because I probably <laughs> did something wrong or something. But yeah, I saved that on my picture. My uh, what is this thing called? I remember talking about technology. I don't even know what this thing's called. Computer. Oh yeah, it's called a laptop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was off even. Wow. <laughs> this is what I'm working with. I love teaching. I truly do. That's one thing that I've figured out. And it's so weird. Me being an introvert, my my wife makes fun of me all the time because she will say that to people and they'll be like, Jason, introvert? Right. She'll be like, yeah. Yeah, he don't want to meet new people. He really, he wants to do his own thing. Mm -hmm. He's comfortable in his own house. You know, if I've got a circle of friends that's like 10 deep, 
I'm good with that 10. Right. I have to do a better job of expanding that, but I love teaching. I truly do. That's what, that's one thing I'd like to, I think when I was in the Academy, somebody came and talked, well, at the end of the Academy, you know, or as some people call proby school. Yeah. We that's such those. a cooler name. We should, we, we should, should. Do, we should talk about that by the way. Yeah. But, uh, towards the end, they kind of have like the different groups or tribes of different things come in and talk. So like you have like the honor guard, uh, peer support. You guys did more of an, uh, you guys did like the nozzle forward stuff and then, Oh, and, uh, public ed. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So they all, people give these spiels of, of like, you need to think about maybe if you really are into the job, if you want to do something more than just show up on shift and work your shift and go home, like what is something you can get into? And that is the one thing. And I don't know that it necessarily have to be nozzle forward, but something on the operational level, as far as like, and you know, cause I send you all these freaking videos. Yeah. Yeah, it drives you nuts. No, actually, like one a.m. and I'm no, saying, no, no, Captain no. Broadbent, no, check this all out. Good. It's gonna fire you up. All good. Listen, <laughs> but, <laughs> I could I could do the same thing to you. I just don't because I don't want you to think oh, this guy's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I would love to get into. Man, I get excited when I see um, people get fired up to go see like what's his name, Aaron Fields. Oh yeah, or. Like some of these guys that do, like the guys on that, what's that called that I send you? What is that talk? Fire X or something? Fire. It's like a TED yeah. talk, but it's for yeah, fire. Yeah, like TED talks for fire. Yeah. So like those guys, there's people that get fired up to see them teach because they are so passionate about the job. In our conversation the other day about um, kind of like, oh gosh, this is a huge rabbit trail if we went down it, but just how passionate you are about uh gosh what am i trying to say no it's just not, your story yeah not just showing up for a paycheck uh, but like genuinely putting oh gosh this is so watch watch yourself yeah <laughs> so go down a hole here yeah 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 i'm trying to refrain from going too deep um let's just leave it at that let's just say there's certain guys that bring with them such a passion for the the career and their passion for putting others above themselves. Yeah. That everybody else that's around them um kind of feed off of them. That's and that's the same thing I I could say about you and your crew. Like your crew buys in like what you said earlier. They buy into what you yeah. And they're so because of the passion you have and Lieutenant Meinholt was saying this the other day that just working for you brings such a passion to the table that everybody wants to be in that. And yeah. so not only do those guys that teach, um, not only is it that the people around them see that passion, but they have people coming from all over to watch them teach about. Yeah. I, I'm thoroughly impressed when you can go and Aaron Fields is arguably one of the best that I've ever seen. And when you go to that conference or that training session, that hands-on session, dude, you want to run through a wall for that guy. Yeah. 
because he's just is so passionate about it. And everything he's saying, just at least for me, because I'm that into the job, makes that kind of sense. Right. So I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love that passion. Yeah. And it doesn't resonate with everybody. No, absolutely not. A lot of guys think, uh, a lot of guys think my big thing being on an engine is we need to know how to pull line, get it to the front door, and then take that line from the front door to the fire. And a lot of guys truly think anybody can do that. You're right. Anybody can. But that person's house that you show up at and their house is on fire and maybe somebody that they love is in that house and maybe that somebody's just a dog or a cat, they want you to do it right now and they want you to be good at it. Yep. And a lot of guys just half-ass stuff. They, so. The people we serve expect perfection. Absolutely. Every time. And, and I, one of the things that I try to tell guys and girls Think of how, what firefighter do you want showing up at your house if you've got an emergency? Do you want the guy that's been in a recliner all day long and maybe he can figure this out? Or do you want that guy that knows that when the bells go off and he shows up on scene, without a doubt, he's getting that line in the door or he's doing CPR or he's whatever, whatever they are doing, Mm -hmm. they're going to do it right. Yeah. And they... Not only are they doing it right, but they're doing it with a passion in the way of yes. like that person, whether it's you or your family member, they're putting so much farther above themselves. And that's the part that's, that's exciting to me is being with somebody that's, that buys into that. Yeah. Because that to me shouldn't even be arguable. Like that's what the fire service is and is all about. And there's a lot of people that would argue that as like, well, we need a. I'm not. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> Go. But like, uh, I really shouldn't. Yeah, you Safety's should. important. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not. Yeah. However, to say that our safety, I, I would disagree with the statement, our safety is above that person's safety. In, so wait, wait, hold on. Don't no. respond yet. Go ahead. So somebody would say, well, we don't want to make two victims. I'm not saying I want to. I'm saying that they're more important to me than myself. And that is why I got into this. That's the job you signed up for. Yeah. There may come a time where I'm going to put myself in a situation that is not ideal. That's the easiest way to say it. Yeah. But that's the job I signed up for. Right. I signed up to go get Whatever is behind whatever I'm going through, that's what I signed up for. Yeah. And that's like the guy I sent you, I sent you a video the other day of uh, a guy talking about us versus them or something. And he talked about survivability profiling versus search profiling. And he was like. That's a hot button topic. Yeah. Which survivability uh, profiling is like. Is somebody can somebody be alive in there? And yeah. this guy talks about, I'm not going to play God. Yeah, that's not I'm our not, decision. Yeah, our decision is to go into wherever they are at and bring them out, and then we'll decide if they can survive. Yeah, or somebody way smarter yeah. than us, way smarter than two dumb firefighters yeah, yeah. 
is going to decide if that person can live. Yep. Absolutely. He says search profiling is, can my training, my skills, and my gear get me into that space or whatever space? Yep. And if it can, I need to be in there because Absolutely. it's not my job to say there's no way somebody could be alive in there. Or whatever the case may be. And if somebody says there's no way somebody could be alive in there, the easiest response to that is, what if that was your family? Yep. What if that was your five-year-old son or daughter or your wife? Right. What do you want somebody... Do you want somebody standing in the front yard going, nah, can't happen? Yeah. No. So, we're freaking at a minute 15. Or, sorry, an hour and 15 minutes. So before we wrap is it up, is this though, too I have long two more. for podcasts? No, I don't think there's a limit. Okay. I think people checked out at about three minutes in anyway. It's fine. <laughs> you and I'll listen to it. That's right. It's because you like listening to your voice. Exactly. I hate it. Actually, that's I, another. Interesting I actually thing. hate my voice also. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know that I'll ever listen to one of my podcasts, and that's one of the reasons I started it. Is because I said I wanted to be able to enjoy some of these conversations again, and I'm not sure I'd enjoy them in the same way. Maybe not. Um. Have you ever thought about going somewhere besides Topeka? No. And a lot of that's based off of family. Um, now, before I had, um, obviously, my wife and kids, once we got started here, um, there was always options to go further east. Kansas City was always one that could be thought about. But by the time we got to that point, I had enough time here that I was like, I don't want to start over. Right. You know, I made, I made officer fairly young. So by the time that came into play, I was like, I don't want to start over. Totally. So for me, no, it's never really been that option. Now in another life, I truly, truly think, and maybe I would not. I truly think I could be a New York firefighter. I mean, obviously that's like the, I know that's another hot button topic. That's like the, the mecca. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think and wish that I could do something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know Jacob Gardner? Yeah. So one time I was talking about and this was maybe while we were in the academy. I was talking about how I'd love to go to FDNY. And he was like, "That's so dumb. How could you live in New York?" And I was like, "Listen, it's I agree. I'm not sure I would enjoy I definitely couldn't live in New York City, I don't think. I'd like to visit there once to see, like, you need Ground visit. Zero and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, maybe I couldn't live in the city. But that's not why I'm there. I'm there because I want that job. And he's most, like... Most New York firefighters don't live in the city. They can't afford it. Yeah. So oh. most of them, most of them live out of the city, and they just travel in to go work there. Yeah. It's so expensive that it's they insane. can't live there. Insane, but you do need to go. So I was lucky enough. Let me see. Let me think about this. So my daughter was born in '03, in June of '03, in September of '03. There was a group of eleven or twelve of us that went to New York City. So me and another guy rode our motorcycles there. Incredible regulators mount up. Incredible. (laughs) So we get there, and for a five or six or seven days. We stayed in a firehouse in Brooklyn and got to just be with these guys. And it was, it was incredible. That's cool. Oh, such a good experience. So everybody needs to go. You need to at least go see it. I always laugh. I tell people when we left, 
So we left, we left the fire station. We drank way too much the night before. Shouldn't have been riding motorcycles the next day. So we leave. Well, we made a right instead of a left. Like two hours later, I'm still looking at New York City. <laughs> it's so big. It's insane. It's incredible. We came in. We came into New York City when we got there. We came in in the nighttime, and it was kind of foggy, kind of overcast. All of a sudden, it kind of clears, and we can see, and it's just like high-rise, 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 high-rise. It's just like, what am I looking at? <laughs> right. This is incredible. Yeah. Now, I don't know that I could live there. I, I would hope and think that I could do the job enough to work there. Yeah. Now, I may just be a firefighter, and that's fine. I'm good with that. Oh, and you don't have to work till you're 60. No, either. no, no, no. They That's work, awesome. They do 20 and out. That's insane. They're 20 and out. Yeah. So I was talking to him, to Jacob about it. And I was like, dude, I would love that. And he's like, but where, why, why would you do that? Where could you Is go? Is that after? actually Jacob's voice? It's Is pretty, that the way he talks? I think it's close. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, why would you, you could never go anywhere else. Or what did he say? Where would you go after? Because I was like, what if I... I think it would be cool, even if I just was like, I'm only going to make it five years. Yeah. And he goes, okay, well, then where would you go next? I was like, wherever, wherever. you want. Yeah. You put that on your resume. I'm pretty yeah. confident anybody's like, yeah, you go ahead. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> it's like the I door mean, is open. In the Midwest, St. Louis, they get it. Yeah. I mean, they're getting after it. Right. I mean, all you got to do is follow them on social media and see that they're doing work every single day. So yeah. there's places where you could get back to where, mm -hmm. where you're going to still do the job. And yeah. And obviously in New York city, they're wearing those guys out. I mean, they're, if you're in a busy house and you're doing, you're doing that work, 20 years is enough. So right. then you could come work somewhere else and yep. go do something else. But for me, no, it was never really an option. It was basically because I just didn't want to start over. Yeah. So, so if you could give one piece of advice to oh, can't give one if okay so let's say you're oh man I'm gonna give you I don't know hold on I'm what are you gonna to give me ten minutes no I'm trying that's what I'm trying to figure out I was gonna say if I had if you had to give a class presentation and I was like oh here goes another couple hours oh yeah no can't do that <laughs> uh what what would you and then who do I want you to give this to. So we have a, an academy going on right now. Yep. Those dudes are coming out in the next month, right? Yep. December. Oh, man. 17th? Why, do, why does that name, that number stick out to me? Might be the 13th, actually. I think they graduate on maybe the 8th. Yeah, next week. Yeah. I saw that on the whiteboard today yeah. when I was down there. Um, so they're all sitting in front of you right now. And they're like, how do I make this job my, my thing? Easy. That's an easy. The first one would be never stop learning. Um, doesn't matter. Even at 25 years on this job, and I came into this line of work with no fire experience, so I had zero. I didn't know what I was getting into. Big trucks I drove prior to that would have been farm trucks. I had zero experience. Don't stop learning. Go take classes. Go learn. Um, get out of Topeka and go take hands-on classes from other places and learn from guys 
that have done the job. That doesn't mean that there aren't people in Topeka that can't teach you. But what I'm saying is, is that there are people that teach close to us that can teach you a lot. So don't stop learning. Sweet. That's the easy one. The other thing I would tell any young guy, and I wish I would have done this, keep a journal. And I don't mean keep a journal of today was Tuesday, we ran three times. I mean keep a journal of today was Tuesday, we had a car wreck, we had a code, we had a, a house fire. Keep the interesting stuff. Because I promise you, just like with kids, my wife and I have this book from our daughter and son looking back at the funny stuff that they've said. Mm -hmm. And now you look back, and my daughter is a freshman at Johnson County, and you can look back at this book that we wrote stuff down in from when she was three and four years old, and you're just like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Keep a journal. Keep a journal of the interesting stuff so that 25 and 30 years later, maybe 40 years later, you tell your kids and show them mm -hmm. that this is the stuff we were doing. Keep a journal of what of the interesting stuff that you've seen or that you've ran. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you said that because I, I had Lieutenant Flott the other day, and he was telling me about a call, and I don't remember how – I don't know if he couldn't remember exactly everything about it or what, but he was like, I'd have to look in my journal. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, that's sweet. Yeah. And I would, I would add on to that and say, take pictures. And oh. I'm not saying the station pictures. Like your captain and lieutenant, they might give you crap or whatever, but take pictures of all your crews. Oh, yeah. Because I, I regret, and I see these, these groups that are coming out now, and you guys take pictures when you come out. You leave the academy and you get a picture of yourself. Mm -hmm. I wish that I had a picture of the five of us the day we graduated the academy. Yeah. And then look at us. There are two of us, no, three of us left in my group. Um, I've heard one of them is leaving next year. I don't know if he is or he isn't. So then there'll only be two of us left. But if we had that picture when the first guy, no, Joe would have been the second guy. Joe would have been the second guy that retired the five of us got together at his retirement ceremony and we took a picture. I love that picture. And that would have been sweet to have like a oh my day goodness. one versus oh. retirement. That would be sweet. And I can't wait until I see, I hope, and I, I truly do hope that when I retire, that the five of us will get back together again and we can take another picture. Yeah. Because you, you're, you're born into this job with those five guys. Yep. With those four guys. Yep. I love it. Cool. And pictures, they're never going to go away. Take all the, and you guys are lucky now because you have these cell phones. You have these cell phones. They don't phones. fade like the Polaroids do. Yeah. <laughs> They'll always be there. That's right. Take those pictures. Enjoy those moments. You know, and, and you'll be able to look back and you'll say, oh, man, I remember that guy. That was, that was a lot of fun. We had a good time together. That's when I look back at those digital pictures. So when I was with that group at Fives, that was when digital cameras were just getting started. Yeah. So now you think, oh, man, that was good stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Were no. you at, real quick, were you at Fours when Three Truck was there? Yeah. I heard that was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Our future deputy, so interim what, def, deputy chief told me that's the best time of his career. So actually, when I, the only, the second transfer request I put in in my career was to go from engine one to engine four. C-Shift had a spot open up. They had their captain retiring. I saw it as my opportunity to get where I wanted to be. 
And so I put in that request. Luckily, I got it. And when I came there, uh, Truck 3 was there. And we were there for about, man, was it six months? It was fun. But I was also at fours when I was on engine five. Engine five got sent to fours. So we had engine five and engine four there at the same time. I've seen those pictures on your locker. It's good. It what was, was that? What was the five models being remodeled? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I wondered. Yeah, so those pictures are sweet. I so my one of my best captains, not the best. I don't want to disparage anybody. Right. Because I got a couple of them that were some monsters in the service for Topeka. Uh, he was at fours when they used to have an aerial. And so that would have been, and he talks about it. He just talks about how much fun it was. When oh, they had, man. And that was when they would have had four guys on both rigs every single day. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. You were imagine. just, you were in each other's stuff all the time. That little house with eight oh, guys. <laughs> so good. We had a lot of fun when Three Truck was there. Um, you know, the I loved the station life when Three Truck was there. But what I really loved is when we had a job, we had a truck company that was storming up our doors. I mean, they were right, right there with us, and we were. That's sweet. Yeah, yep. it was good. Shoot, man. Episode one. What do you think? That's good. Not bad. Maybe have to come back for another one and expand on some other topics. I think we That'd have That'd be to. good. I bet. I want to hear stories. Yeah. I think that's what the people want. Well, some do. So. Yeah, I'm all, right. I'm all for it. It was good. Let's this was a good time. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. That's it. Hopefully, they come back for more. Hopefully, we get more than just Bonnie Chalkley <laughs> and Jill. <laughs> Jill's going to listen. Yeah. She asked me today. She says, where am I going to be able to hear this at? I said, I don't know. YouTube to start. Dude. That's what I told her. I said, I think he's on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know it yet. Yeah, I'll expand on that later. But yeah. You're it's computer a illiterate. Night- How are you going to expand on It is a nightmare. <laughs> but cool. Well, thanks for coming, dude. You bet. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Always good talking to you. Love you, brother. <laughs>